0: And welcome to the show. I'm Alistair Stevens. And
1: I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is Dusted, your Frisky Watchers chat room and Buffy the Vampire Slayer podcast. <laughs> wait, wait,
0: wait. I just need a minute. FriskyWatcherschatroom.net.
1: Okay. <laughs> <dot> no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Sometimes there's a joke there. Sometimes we both go for it. At exactly.
1: <laughs> I'll let you have
0: that one. All right. <laughs> this week on the show, we are looking at episode 11 of season three of Buffy the Vampire Slayer Gingerbread. Here on the show, we've talked about the very best episodes of Buffy. We've Mm -hmm. talked about the very worst episodes of Buffy. Rarely do we get to do both within the span of a single episode. I have seen Gingerbread on best of Buffy lists Uh all over the internet. And I have seen it with, I should say, a little more frequency (laughs) on worst of Buffy lists all over the internet. It is a weirdly frustrating episode because it is awesome and also Terrible? Well,
1: I in don't some know that very very I would specific say it's, ways? it's terrible. I think that it has a lot of strengths to it. I think what it doesn't do, what it fails to do, and what it is that bothers me about it is that it fails to kind of land in the right place for me for yes. where this episode should land, given yes. given kind of the themes that are involved. So I don't know. I, I, I've i always struggled with this episode because when I watch it, I'm like, oh, no, that's there are a lot of things in this that are really great a, and a really interesting. Stuff, yeah. And a lot of interesting things that it talks about. I mean, I love when we talk about human psychology and the torch and pitchfork <laughs> mentality is something that we are, you know, obviously still, you know, engrossed well, in today as much as we were back then. Some
0: really good stuff about yeah. good and evil that that, yeah. that is particularly, you know, resonant, mm-hmm. given that we just came off of a man's last week. You know? Right. Yeah. There, there is some fantastic, fantastic stuff in this episode. It coheres in a really weird way. I feel yeah, like it misses it
1: misses an opportunity to kind of to make it personal I yeah, think even yeah. though even though Joyce is involved it feels like we missed that opportunity to really to really explore the relationship between Buffy and Joyce right
0: because and, we yeah. are once again kind of leveraging the monster of the week to undercut the episode rather exactly. than to, to, to kind of,
1: rather than to support exactly right. it, it kind of hijacks the yeah. episode and I think that that's where I would rather have seen that balance go but <laughs> as we talk about it we will figure all that we're stuff out we're preempting
0: our discussion a little bit because kind honestly of. guys we've been talking about this for the last few days yeah this is has been a constant topic of conversation here in uh, Chateau de Storywonk. So we'll get into our discussion in just a moment. Let's frame it first. This is our first episode of 1999. What? Very, very exciting. Mm-hmm. This is director James Whitmore Jr.'s fourth out of five episodes. He uh-huh. only ever did five episodes of Buffy. This is the fourth after I Only Have Eyes for You, Dead Man's Party, and Beauty and the Beasts. Yeah. So we're starting strong with James right. Whitmore Jr.'s contributions mm-hmm. to Buffy. Yeah. And we're seeing something of a marked decline. I think there's there's an elegant curve coming down from I Only Have Eyes For You through Dead Man's Party and Beauty and the Beast. So we'll see how this episode works out. And written in part by show favorite... Jane Espenson. It
1: has a story by credit for Thanya St. John. Yes. So um, she just shows up in this one episode. That's it. That's all she does for Buffy. Although she's been around the Hollywood block on a lot of yeah. other shows.
0: And I must admit, I went spelunking on the internet to yeah. try and find the story of mm-hmm. how she ended up with the story by credit trying to find some origin story Where for this her episode. Involvement, and couldn't I couldn't
1: find anything either yeah. on her. So I think it's interesting. I think possibly she just kind of, maybe she and Jane are friends and and Tanya said, hey, here's an idea and, and Jane went with it also because possible a story that a, credit is is usually you know you come up with the idea yeah. or you, you well, come up with some Well that's what I'm wondering if there whatever. was
0: a a related script that was maybe submitted to Buffy were oh, where possibly idea, and Jane reworked and an existing yeah, I, idea I, I don't know the details of we that. We
1: have absolutely no idea if anybody knows that story that would be great we'd love to hear it but we couldn't find anything in our uh, And it's strange initial because wow, this
0: episode feels like Jane it feels It is like it's very Janie it's
1: very Janie and its strengths
0: are as as High as they are, as strong yeah. as they are, because I think of her, because of very what she brings to her, of, of this dialogue, oh, yeah. of these characters, of, mm-hmm. of comic timing, in and particular. her sense of humor. Yeah, I mean, Jane
1: is funny, like in a way that no one else is funny. <laughs> she has this very particular sense of humor that, quite frankly, is. Made for me. I am but absolutely her viewer. Also,
0: she's she's not insubstantially funny. Yeah. She's not just, like, comedic jazz She's hands. not just jazz
1: handy, she right. She can mm-hmm.
0: turn a tone. Yeah. Like, very few writers. She is perhaps... The most Weedonian yeah. in her ability to transition tones to do it purposefully
1: you and know, to do she it. She will break seamlessly. your heart and yeah. then make you laugh and then make the same you beat. laugh at the same time. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah. So yeah, I love 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 all of her work, and I highly recommend anybody who you know has a moment go on IMDb. Look at everything she's done and watch all of it because yeah, she's yeah. fantastic. It's, it's yeah. always
0: interesting, always mm-hmm. rich, and and really does. Despite you know th- all the various shows that she's contributed to, it all has a very kind of cohesive feel. When yeah. she shows up in a script, you'll know it.
1: You can tell it's yeah. Jane Espenson. It's crazy, and I know it's true because I've been in that situation. That's
0: your Jane origin story. This is story. my. This is
1: how I discovered her. As I was watching a show and I saw I saw a great episode and I thought, who wrote that? And when I, I look it up, it's always Jane Espenson. <laughs> Whenever I'm watching a show and I'm like. Who wrote that so uh so yeah jane that's how i ended up becoming a fan and uh and i absolutely love her work
0: yeah yeah including oddly one of my all-time favorite episodes of star trek yeah she wrote one episode of deep space nine and it's and your favorite knocked it out of the park of that is did. in my top 10 all-time episodes of Star Trek. Yeah, she's which fantastic. Which is, you know, batting a thousand. That's impressive she's stuff. She's fantastic. Let's get into our beat-by-beat breakdown. We'll probably move through this fairly quickly because mm-hmm. I feel like there's going to be a lot of discussion at the end of it.
1: I think so, yeah. I think
0: so. So yeah. we begin with Buffy walking alone in the forest. She draws a stake. Something rustles in the bushes, but suddenly Joyce is there with a snack and a lack of understanding. <laughs> Buffy says it's pretty dull, but then she's attacked by a vampire. Not just any vampire, though. That's Mr. Sanderson from, from the, the
1: bank. From the
0: bank, <laughs> right? But (laughs) Buffy gives chase as Mr. Sanderson flees and Joyce wanders alone to one of Sunnydale's many scenic, creepy, empty playgrounds and finds therein the bodies of two children, each with a strange rune drawn on their hands. Let's talk about the depiction of dead children in this episode because that is the thing that we get. Very rarely in Buffy, yeah. and even more rarely on network television in 1999. In general,
1: uh, true. But you notice that this isn't. There's no blood. There's no markings. There's no anything. They but, look like they're sleeping. They are dead. But you know? dead yeah, children. Yeah. I
0: mean, it's it's really striking.
1: Well, you have to ride that line. I mean, at this at this point, and especially you know in network television yeah. and you know 1999. Uh, yeah, uh, it's it's interesting i have a real like problem with with obviously injured children dead children anything um and uh and it gets better as time goes by as my children become older basically i'm I'm sensitive to whatever age they are exactly you know um but uh but yeah i mean it's a really disturbing image to open up on and something that i would bet i don't know i didn't look it up but i would bet they had to fight for that oh
0: i would guarantee it yeah because it would still be shocking today i think not so much you know you can see your your Game mm-hmm. of Thrones, you can right. see your more kind of prestige dramas can oh, well, tread you toward have, that stuff. You open you know?
1: Game of Thrones with dead children, sure. you know? Yeah. But
0: I think on network television, we're, we're possibly even more squeamish about mm-hmm. this now. This may fall into one of those weird categories where in yeah. 1999, 1998, we're more permissive yeah. than we are now, such as, you know, the depiction of guns in schools. Which we'll be thing. talking
1: about later on in this season. Yes, yeah? of course, of mm-hmm. course.
0: So that's where we open, and it's a punchy. Opening, yeah, I think it's, it is. It's a really strong piece of work. Well, and
1: I love we start out with this this reversal of the relationship between Joyce and yeah. Buffy. She brings Buffy a snack, which is this very mom thing. But then when they're in Buffy's territory, Buffy is taking care of her. Buffy yes. is protecting her. Yes. Um, yeah, um,
0: I'm not particularly fond of Joyce in that opening because mm-hmm. and, and obviously we need it to happen so that we can feel the rest of the story. And Joyce is under a certain malign influence for the rest of the episode, so we can't judge her too harshly exactly, for that. Exactly, right. Joyce in that cold open. Yeah. Is is displaying an ignorance of what Buffy does that is incompatible with her understanding of Slayer's role? With her of experience of She's what Buffy seen stuff go she down, she
1: has been involved. Yeah, so I mean, her it's it feels like a willful ignorance and yeah. a and an almost um, cloying desire to like drag yeah. Buffy into normalcy. It's,
0: it's it's a it's a comedy sequence, yeah. which is
1: fine, mm-hmm.
0: but it hinges upon Joyce being much more oblivious, much more ditzy.
1: And being a hindrance. Yeah. You know, yeah. knowing that what her daughter does is really important and incredibly dangerous. Exactly right. And uh, and yet still, you know, I mean, you can, you can pack her a snack to bring with her from home. <laughs> but I mean, as the mom of the Slayer, you stay at home. You know, you let your kid go out and do what she needs to do. And, I also feel like one of the things about this episode in particular that I think has always bothered me is that I feel like we just got Joyce back. Like the Joyce that I remember, which was ruined in the first two seasons of Buffy, you know, and I hated (laughs) her. The Joyce that I remember has been reappearing of late, you know? So to finally have Joyce back, the way that I remember her, the way that I love her, and then to see her, and granted she is, again, like you said, you know, she's under a paranormal influence for this episode. But to see her kind of fall back into that kind of willfully horrible place yeah, it, you know it, it's
0: tough because we've been so burned by joyce in the right. past i don't feel that you can really lay the blame for that on this episode in particular because they're doing something purposeful and it's fully you know and justified this episode and is is under
1: a paranormal influence yeah. yes except mm-hmm. for
0: this opening which right. isn't at all explained then it does sit uncomfortably with our understanding of Joyce you know up to this point Mm -hmm. and that is going to be one of the problems with this episode is that it kind of breaks the frame a little bit it kind of exerts an influence if we are to you know buy into this episode if we are to 100% invest in the canonicity of this episode it kind of exerts an undue pressure on the episodes around it, it changes our understanding of what Sunnydale is. It changes the world a
1: little bit. And I feel like it's one of these things where we break the world for one episode. If you dropped gingerbread entirely out of uh, the Buffy lineup, you would never notice it. Well, that's,
0: to be fair, that's true of a lot of episodes. Well, it's you know, true the of The same a lot could of be episodes, said of The Wish, but, which we love.
1: But, I mean, it breaks the world in a certain way that then snaps back yes. in the next episode and that's we, we move on. Yeah. It, so, it breaks
0: the frame and leans on the fourth wall yeah. a little too much. I, I'm perhaps anticipating some of our discussion later. But, yeah. but that really is the chief problem with the episode is that it doesn't fit our understanding of, of the Buffyverse in general mm-hmm. uh, and and the politics and the, the, the society of Sunnydale right. in particular. And that's exemplified in Joyce, even here in the cold open where she is, she's unjoycely. She's, she's unjoyce, you know, right. Th- this intrusive and, and, and yet yeah, ditzy caring for Buffy. Right. Doesn't sit comfortably. It, Packing mm-hmm. her a snack, making sure she wears a scarf when she goes to slaying, yeah. all of that stuff would work
1: from home. But F- it's no home. reason to right. go and interrupt even, her yeah, on the even job. Even
0: showing up, mm-hmm. I-, I brought you a bag lunch. You yeah, know, and, and and I'm leaving as soon as there's a vampire. I'm leaving. This right. is your domain. You mm-hmm. do your thing. That's all fine. To wander off, you know, away from
1: right while there's vampires about. Also, I think that if it was something that if she came out and said, "Oh, you know." Um uh, Willow called and there's an emergency or something like that. If there was some kind Give of emergency it. if it was Mr. Yeah, Giles yeah. said that you would need this, you know, this kind of thing or whatever, you would need this information and I came out to tell you uh, because this is obviously pre-cell phone. <laughs> um, But yeah, I mean, anything like that that would just justify her that it's important enough that she should be there.
0: Yeah, and it yeah. works in part because Buffy later in the episode does articulate mm-hmm. the, the different, you know, areas of her life. There's, yeah. there's a school and there's a family and there's a slaying. You know? Right. She has these these different uh, tones that yes. she maintains. And the maintaining the difference between mm-hmm. those spaces is very important for her. Right. I think that we wouldn't think twice about Xander or Willow being here. Xander or Willow fulfilling exactly the same role as Joyce exactly. does in this cold open. Mm-hmm. But it has to be Joyce for this episode to work. Right. So she's just, just forced a little beyond our conventional understanding. A little of outside
1: character. of who we yeah. see Joyce as right now. And, and and it for me it's all that much more frustrating because I've just started to like Joyce again. Yeah.
0: You know? In the playground after the credits, the authorities are doing the thing that they do and letting Joyce just stand right there over the bodies. Sure. It's a totally normal and fine thing. <laughs> Buffy goes to comfort her mother and Joyce asks if she saw the little kids, which is a little off because those children are no more than eight feet from where they are standing. Right now, right. we get that establishing shot, mm-hmm. we see the bodies are still there, Buffy walks over to where Joyce is. She must have, you know, moved around one of the bodies to get to right. Joyce in the first place. But it's a, little, it's a little uncomfortable when you have these dead bodies just mm-hmm. laying around. Joyce, though, is looking for an answer and Buffy is resolute. She is going to take care of whatever did this and do what she does best. And I do like that.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do
0: like the way that we... We really do land the uncommon evil mm-hmm. of this act. You know, right. this is a this is I mean, supernatural, of course, we have these ritual symbols right up front, mm-hmm. but this is a mundane, kind of harrowing evil yeah. that we don't often see. You know, it's one thing for a, a nameless student at Sunnydale High to die. Right. It's another yes. for two children to be found mm-hmm. in, in a playground of all places, you know, in this, yeah. this this, you know, space of innocence and fun and play to be found. Well, like and this.
1: it's it's kind of interesting how that reflects upon, you know, we just had amends where Angel was was listening to that the story of the guy who found his children and said you had displayed them so artfully yes you know so I feel like this has I don't think it's at all deliberate but I it has it has an odd reminiscence uh, That's to true what Angel there did. are
0: several points in this episode yeah. that echo what we saw in immense and knowing how network television is produced that yeah. must have been you know it must have been unconscious. There's no way that those symmetries could have been drawn purposefully. In I think advance. if they
1: were drawn purposefully, they would have been drawn harder. You know, that's a very that's, good point. That's yeah, just the thing. Yeah. But yeah.
0: In the library, Buffy is angry and not in the mood to be soothed by Giles. She shows him the mark that was drawn on the children's hands. Giles recognizes it as a symbol associated with ritual murders. Buffy is shocked that humans could have done this. Giles warns her that she's letting it get personal, and she absolutely agrees. <laughs> Nothing good is going to come of yes, this right. at all. <laughs> In the cafeteria, Oz and Xander have an awkward meeting, followed by an awkward lunch with Willow and Amy. Hey, Amy showed <laughs> Remember up. Remember Amy? So it's a witch episode, Exactly. Then. <laughs> Buffy, though, is the bringer of bad news and tells them about the children and about Joyce. She barely has time to tell them how badly Joyce is overreacting before Joyce overreacts and shows up <laughs> at school, just hanging out, all normal and everything. Buffy tells her that a cult may be to blame, and Joyce jumps to the conclusion that it was witches. Witches like Willow the Dabbler and Amy the double dabbler (laughs) for once Buffy is cautious about discussing such sensitive matters in the halls of Sunnydale High but Joyce is desperate for a way to help she needs something to do and she's organizing a vigil with the mayor and everything we cut to said vigil where Willow runs into her mother Giles and Joyce bump into one another and there's a lot of talk of witches (laughs) so we're already framing the community let's talk a little about Sheila Rosenberg shall we
1: uh, let's because we're <laughs> never going to get another opportunity, opportunity <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs>
0: right? again you know we're, we're not above spoiling things that don't happen exactly this is our only interaction with Shiloh and this is our only this is
1: our only all. time we've seen this is the only per- parent we're ever going to see for yes. willow uh this is the only time we're ever going to interact with them directly
0: we have her father's name
1: we have a sense and now of, we have a
0: glimpse of her mother and exactly that it. That's and all that's we are it ever going to get yeah um
1: how does she work for you in this episode uh, in this episode, I don't know. She feels a little caricatured. She yeah. is the, the classic. I mean, I Jane Espenson gave her a couple of good lines and I like that, but there's something about it that feels a little flat to me.
0: I think we see sharply in Sheila something that is actually true of most of the characters in this episode, mm-hmm. which is that they are being broken for the story. Right. I like parts of what, Sheila gets to do. You're right. There yeah. are some great lines in there. Some yeah. of it's wonderful. The whole thing with uh, with Mr. Rogers has been King
1: Friday, lording it all over everybody. I love <laughs> that. Of, uh, of exactly Mr. the Rogers patriarchal awesome. values in Mr. Rogers. And I keep thinking, you know, uh, our kids could accuse us of something very similar. Yeah, <laughs> we we no, have discussions I, I, I like, like that, that I obviously <laughs> recognize
0: it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But the problem is that what she does isn't worth the weight. It's not worth the damage. The good stuff isn't right. worth the bad stuff. It's not worth the damage that that this version of willow's mother because i'm I'm gonna be honest here Mm -hmm. sheila rosenberg this episode's strictly canonical this is a buffy episode it takes place and everything and
1: this is all part of it yeah in my head
0: the events of this episode are quasi canonical at best and i'm not sure in my head that this is what willow's mother is like
1: well okay because one of the things that we get from this is that willow has no relationship with her mother that her mother pays absolutely no attention to her we have her mother in this meeting coming up and saying oh willow have you cut your hair um and she says, yes, August, you yes. know. And-, and
0: we know from last week's episode yeah. that it is Christmas time. This yes. is presumably early January, yes. you know, around the time that the episode aired in mm-hmm. real life.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I mean, the fact that her mother, hasn't noticed this about her but would notice it in this moment feels a little bit weird it, also, it also feels implies that they
0: didn't spend you know the holidays together they didn't spend thanksgiving together that they have it no implies that her mother doesn't see
1: her or doesn't yeah. doesn't notice her but up until this point i mean willow has absolutely no neglected child issues no, at all none. um she we've had the thing where they do the round robin where they call each other's parents and say we're staying over here i'm staying over there yeah. so we've had that like reference that her parents care enough that she has to make a phone call. Whereas Xander's generally don't. And we know that about Xander's. But Xander has the... He has the damage, the personal emotional damage from that. Exactly. And we don't see any of that in Willow. I can see Willow having highly intellectual parents who possibly work a lot and maybe but don't pay a ton of attention neglectful. to her. But it's not neglect. Yeah. And and what we're seeing here is complete and total neglect.
0: Right. And we're leveraging that for the purposes of the story. Right. Willow feels. It's not just that, that Sheila is neglected. It's that Willow feels neglected. In Willow this one
1: episode overlooked. and never any exactly. t- any other time. Willow is
0: acting out and Actively, purposefully, consciously right. rebelling in this episode, and never, and again.
1: never any other time. And
0: I feel like the, the, what this episode does to its frame, mm-hmm. it's it's damn near just not being an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. So,
1: yeah, it feels and that's the problem. It is. It's it's breaking the world for the purpose of this one and episode.
0: Had we reframed the events of this episode, th- mm-hmm. there's really one very simple fix I think that you can do to this episode. Yeah, which is at the end reset it yeah at the end give us a you know wish like ending right where we go back to the beginning of the episode and the bodies aren't there and we go on like nothing ever happened
1: like nothing ever happened which is okay because that's the way the world goes on but also like when you have these two situations you have willow and her mother and you have buffy and her mother willow's mother is taking no interest and buffy's mother's taking perhaps a little too much interest um and i think that there are interesting things interesting stories to be told personal stories about their relationship with their mothers
0: some of that stuff is really strong it could, but, it's not but it's not worth exploring
1: but it's not it's not really done I mean it's it's there for the taking all you have no, to it, do is make the story I yeah, but I mean that's can, the thing we, we're, yeah. we're more about we want to talk about torches and pitchforks and, and message than we do well, about the characters no, we, and the potential character stories that are here there's
0: an actual moment of juxtaposition where we do you know nod toward that idea if not mm-hmm. explore it fully yeah. where we have the back to back scene of, of Sheila telling Willow I don't want you hanging out with with that Buffy girl, and or, then, or bunny, excuse me. exactly, and then yeah. the beat of of, of Joyce, Joyce and Buffy to I hang don't out with hanging out with that Willow girl.
1: But that's torches and pitchforks. That's not mother daughter relationships.
0: I, it it kind of moves between those two spaces. I, yeah, I, I do see it as because we haven't quite reached mob mentality yet. At right, that but that's part episode. of it
1: though, is this whole, you know, this person is a bad it's the book right, burning, think, it's the bad influence, it's the I think very explicitly you know,
0: in this episode the mob mentality springs from that won't someone think of the children won't someone kind think of, you of you know, witches. Mothers yes. against drunk driving, you know, real life right. outrage mm-hmm. and, and you know as a mother I think this. You know? Yes. <laughs> it, it's uh-huh. clearly it's it's clearly satirizing that kind of of, you know, social pressure group. Right. Um I think that, I think that prior to that, we do actually get a a, a relatively, Mm -hmm. you know, by the standards of this episode, a relatively grounded glimpse of Joyce's relationship with Buffy and of Sheila's relationship with Willow. Unfortunately, as I said, you know, I I just don't think it's worth the it's damage that it's we not do to explored. our understanding of these characters and our understanding of this
1: world. Well, I would rather spend time exploring those personal relationships than exploring the the torches and pitchforks. And I think that we we spend a lot of time with the torches and pitchforks and not enough time with the personal side of things. Yeah,
0: I mean, I agree. I'm yeah. more interested in that story too. I don't think that exploring the mob mentality torches and pitchforks idea is a bad one. I think no, that I don't think so either. Exploring that in Sunnydale is an interesting mm-hmm. idea. But again, we've got to live in a world where this happened. We've got to live in a world where a bunch of people lit, you know, bonfires inside the town okay, hall. Okay, first of all, inside we'll the that. town hall. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, no. First of all, we've got to try and move through this Let's, some let's get through. We keep order. stopping
1: to talk well, about no, but it. Yeah. This is
0: the problem is that, that yeah. the episode just at a very kind of fundamental level uh-huh. doesn't fit. It doesn't work. It doesn't belong yeah. within its context yeah. and its frame. And that's going to be an ongoing problem. Mm-hmm. If you can set it aside, if this wasn't an episode of Buffy... If this yeah. was an episode of you know the all new Twilight Zone or, exactly. or something like that, right?
1: It would then actually it could work be yes, exactly. Well. It would work really well on that level. But being being a Buffy story, I think there's just more. I, yeah. I, it, it feels like it's hijacked by that message. And making yeah, yeah
0: the fact that it's canonical, the fact mm-hmm. that we don't do anything at the end of the episode to undo its influence, the fact yeah. that we don't hit that reset button. And but I we don't hate see the, oh, it Sheila was all the dream. reset
1: her relationship with Willow. Yeah. We don't see Joyce reset her relationship with Buffy. We just actually end on a joke yeah you know it, it becomes it becomes a little jazz handy i think yeah
0: the mayor steps up to speak and reassures everyone at the vigil that sunnydale is a good place with good people they'll solve the crime and keep the streets safe he invites joyce to address the gathering and she she just really really does yeah. <laughs> everyone in sunnydale has lost someone silence is this town's disease it's time to retake sunnydale from the monsters and the witches and the slayers and the wait what now excuse yeah. me We cut from the wild applause to a magical ritual. There's a goth-looking kid, Michael, Amy, and Willow. Between them, on the floor, is the sigil found on the children's palms.
1: Oh. That's our first act. Yes.
0: We've set it up. It's... it's Fairly good. I mean, it's fairly strong in terms of, you know, if you didn't know at this point Mm -hmm. that there would be no consequence (laughs) and that the stuff that was to come would be enormously problematic. Mm -hmm. That's a punchy first act.
1: It is a punchy first act. I feel like there's a couple of things right here in this last bit. First of all, we have the mayor, who is the big bad, the established big bad for this season. Yeah. Right? Um, We have the mayor here and he is just a mayor. He is. There's he and Buffy are in the room in the same room for the first time. There's no sense of his evil. There's no sense of uh, his malevolence here. He's just a mayor.
0: I was thinking while watching that scene. I mean, as as happy as I am to see him on screen because he's always excellent. I would rather
1: not have him than have him be in such an inoculated space. Yeah, yeah, where he has absolutely no teeth. There's nothing about him that is anything other than mayor in this. And then we cut to this, you know, shot of Willow with the, the symbol and the magic and all this kind of stuff. And that is, you know, as we're very quickly going to find out something of a misdirect as well. So, cause it makes us believe that she and her, and her friends are actually responsible for these children, which we know well, they are not.
0: It's not, it, it is misdirection. Yes. Yeah. Yes. For, for us, the viewer, it is mm-hmm. misdirection. The thing that confuses me is the symbol itself. Yes. Yes that is a symbol that shows up on the children's palms when they are found, on, on the bodies when well, they are found. Well, to indict
1: dead. the witches because it is this benign witch, Wiccan symbol. Right,
0: mm-hmm. but this is taking place afterward. Right. So. Was Willow already using this symbol? Was this symbol picked she out? She was
1: unaware of the symbol being on the kids' palms. No, Has she, she yeah, not right. seen she it? She was unaware
0: of it. Yeah. Um, I think. Uh, yeah. I think we can. We can.
1: No, it's a benign Wiccan symbol. Apparently, it's one of these like so it's things that's just everywhere.
0: A coincidence that these kids show up with this symbol on their palms, and then Willow and Amy and Michael conduct this ritual to offer Buffy a protection spell for her birthday. That right. Happens to
1: prominently that happens use to prominently use the symbol? same symbol. I think that it's less coincidence and more that like this is like okay yes we just happened to walk into a guitar store and there's somebody playing stairway to heaven like you know if you want to you know it's I think it may be it may be my sense of it was that this symbol is so cliche for for Wicca,
0: Giles didn't recognize it specifically. He said that it seemed like something that's associated Fair with enough. ritual he murders.
1: He didn't. He went pick straight it up to ritual right murders. Away. Not
0: oh, we use that for protection spells exactly. four times a week.
1: Exactly. Know? No, true. True enough. True enough.
0: So I don't know if there's if there's some influence by mm-hmm. the demon by the the I don't even we don't have a name for it but the Hansel Gretel demon. I guess. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't know if there's some influence there that's that's I don't know looking ahead and reading a symbol or if. Willow and Amy and Michael were already using this symbol in an And it was
1: aware. Yeah. yeah. something like that. I mean, it is it is a bit of a coincidence. It yeah. really is. Mm-hmm. It really
0: is. In school the next day, Michael is being harassed by one of the packs of nameless bullies who patrol the halls of TV high schools. Yes. Amy steps up to defend him. Doesn't really do a great job, but when Buffy shows up, that is enough to defuse the situation. She sends them on their way. But Cordelia has a thing or two to say. They're witches. Witches killed the kids in the playground expect badness there you go i love cordelia in this episode
1: i absolutely love cordelia in this episode i <laughs> really really one, one of my favorite cordelia moments cordelia. will actually come in a little bit Yeah, we'll yeah.
0: talk a lot about that at the end of the episode because <laughs> i have compiled a list we'll get to that in due course giles's research meanwhile has paid off he's suspecting european wiccan covens He dispatches Buffy to find Willow, but she instead runs into Xander in the student lounge. He has complaints about the way everyone is treating him in the wake of his illicit liaison with Willow. And by the way, let us add to our growing (laughs) list of of evidence contained in a file called Xander is attracted to Oz? Let us add to that file. He speaks volumes with his eyes.
1: (laughs) Well, okay, attracted or just speaking the truth. You look at Seth Green. I mean, Green, a little of both. He does speak volumes. A little of
0: both. But yes, we have this idea, this, this piece of headcanon, yes. that Xander only goes to gay panic when right. he's actually when he's legitimately actually attracted to legitimately
1: the guy, attracted to somebody, Which would explain
0: showing. why he didn't go to gay panic when he was hanging out in the locker room back in Go Fish. Right. But he does with increasing frequency with Oz. Yes, he does. I think Xander's a little hot for Oz.
1: I, well, for who that, could at least, blame him? He's a human person.
0: Right. <laughs> it's good what do you make of xander's i don't know persecution complex here
1: okay i find it well first of all none of the kids none of the teens seem to be affected by this whole you know moo the the mob mentality thing well, they no, I th-
0: disagree the, the bullies are picking on michael is that
1: well i think the bullies have always been picking on michael
0: well okay but they're they're and, clearly the bully- and we've
1: it. seen bullies picking on people in high school i mean that's kind of Fairly, Xander. Right, but, but the bullies Buffy, themselves are talking Buffy about... Buffy isn't affected by it. Willow isn't affected by it. True. Xander isn't affected by it. Oz is Cordelia, none of them are, are fundamentally changed in their perspective by the mob mentality. That's fair. So we don't have that among the kids. But we do oh. see that, Z- that Xander has this persecution that he has a paranoia about, and everybody else seems to be well over... You know, the thing with him and Willow. But Xander is, is keeping that going. So yeah. is that a thematic thing? Is that a, we're breaking <laughs> Xander for the joke thing? It's a comedy thing. It's a comedy thing. I, I it's a we're joke breaking thing, right?
0: Him. I don't think we're it, it, it doesn't go
1: He's just still quite paranoid. He yeah. hasn't he's the only one who hasn't let it all go. Well, and Cordelia cuz she's still pissed off. Yeah, and it,
0: well, yeah, he's carrying, you know, he's the still of carrying it. it around. Willow and Oz have kind of, you know, yeah. reunited. They're, they're Willow and Oz
1: have moved on and Oz is being just yeah. the coolest, just the, the sweetest. <laughs> he's not he's not in any way being, you know, um mean or or resentful towards Xander.
0: Yeah, I, it, it doesn't break Xander's character for me. It's perhaps a little yeah. bumpily inconsistent considering what we saw last week what we'll see next week well
1: is it supposed but, to sit thematically that paranoia is it supposed to th- sit thematically alongside no. the I think it gives us access it's just to a, a couple joke of jokes space. we get this space yeah. we
0: get the, the jokes about the playboy in his locker right um, which actually for me comes closer to breaking Xander's character because he knows damn fine that Willow has magical components in her locker and exactly. he knows which of those two things is more serious
1: and which, which people care about right yeah, now exactly. exactly yeah and exactly. he would be worried about willow um, at that point right so this mm-hmm.
0: doesn't bother me too much and of course it, it's delivered with a with a fair amount of
1: charm it's it's well because it's nicholas brenda yeah. i mean everything you give him anything and he will deliver it with an incredible amount of charm but yeah i don't it doesn't feel it's it's funny but yeah. it's it doesn't feel like uh grounded i guess in who xander really is and what's really going on right now
0: no but again it doesn't necessarily break him it's not
1: necessarily yeah this it's, it's episode. Really, of all episodes. honestly it's yeah. such a nitpick it's a tiny little thing but yeah
0: buffy is distracted though because among willow's books she has found the sigil willow acts innocent but buffy barely has time to tell her about the connection when the police announce their presence the lockers are being searched and we see both an entire string of garlic which is a <laughs> detail that i like and and the weird red doll with the noose around its neck that was in Xander's locker back in I Only Have Eyes for You. Right.
1: That we but were they talking hadn't about gotten to Xander's locker yet at that so point. So this was in someone else's so locker. So this doll, this doll moves from locker to locker to locker, <laughs> magically. It's a hell-mouth doll. There's a
0: huge amount of inconsistency yeah. in the lockers in Buffy, mm-hmm. uh, uh, taken as a whole, taken as an entire series. Uh, their lockers move around. They flip from place to place. Yeah. They're full of different things. That's all completely fine. No, but I this just love very get a specific reference. Yeah, it was in a prop basket somewhere, I'm sure. It
1: was in a prop basket, and maybe they didn't remember that it was Xander's. It was this weird in it, Xander's locker to, hanging because we noose. speculated
0: at the time is this a part of the magic in right I, 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 for you is this actually a weird supernatural thing that he should or have or does this xander just happen doll? to
1: have it in apparently his locker
0: just just really cool and sunny they have to have little <laughs> apparently little well it's dolls. like
1: those little ugly doll things that were big like about i don't know yeah. six years ago those little that ugly you can doll still buy in every airport in the yes country. exactly yeah. exactly it's just it's it apparently was a thing
0: i was just thrilled to see it again yes that no, was very fun <laughs> It broke back memories of a, honestly a better episode. Uh, three kids have been taken away by now. They found Amy's spells and Snyder is just having the time of his life. Oh, he's cover. having a little principal gasm right there. He is <laughs> gleefully gloating over this fascist intrusion. Mm-hmm. Willow tells Buffy that the symbol is harmless, that she used it for a protection spell. But Snyder has found plastic envelopes with some righteous herb, dude,
1: in her locker.
0: And he's taking her to his office. Not the usual kind of little plastic baggies that he confiscates from students. Not borders, typically, sure. no,
1: no. But yeah. in this
0: one instance, a lot more troubling. In the library, Giles's books are being confiscated. Buffy tells him about the protection sigil, but he is too frustrated by the intrusion into his space to think straight. Snyder appears to twist the knife a little more, asking what we've all been thinking since the pilot episode. How is blood rights and sacrifices appropriate <laughs> for a public school library? <laughs> it's a fair question, but it's one yeah, of those I questions that you can't ask. Yeah. When we talk about the show, this episode,
1: mm-hmm. leaning
0: on the fourth wall, when we talk about this episode breaking its frame, right. this is it. Mm-hmm. He's, he's absolutely right. But it's not a question you can ask within the story because it's one of those details that you just have to accept.
1: Right, right, right. This because is one of these to things go that we accept. Week. Right, exactly. Yeah, next
0: week we have to have a world in which Giles has a fully stocked library again containing blood rites and rituals. Yes. We need to have that. So you can't point at it and laugh. Yeah. And then move on like nothing. And then, bad, then move, move on, on
1: to like a world broken. in which we don't talk about that anymore. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: All of this we learn is being orchestrated under the influence of a powerful new public policy group in Sunnydale. Moo. Mothers opposed to the occult. And I just want to talk about how good Armin Shimmerman is. Can oh. we just spend like five minutes talking about
1: that? Armin Shimmerman awesome he is? is so much fun.
0: That last little, I think you call her mom. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. And it's fine because Snyder does kind of exist in this kind of story, you know, he really does exist outside the frame. It's great seeing him, you know, stand up to Giles. It's great having that interaction, though completely inconsistent, of course. With the previous Giles Snyder interactions, in which Snyder is usually cowed, he's usually yeah. Well, when Giles decides to,
1: I think that for the most part, Giles lets him get away with it. It's like a gnat that he only slaps when it gets real close, you know. So I think that Snyder, in this circumstance, is the kind of guy that's going to take that room and see it as Giles recognizing his authority until the next time he gets in Giles' way and Giles slaps him. Yeah. So yeah,
0: the whole thing just. Just it it stresses the framework to the point that the framework is is just on Mm -hmm. the brink of collapse. Mm -hmm. And and this, you know, here we are, not even halfway through the episode. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) In Willow's house, her mother is fairly relaxed about the whole thing. Willow's acting out in an entirely predictable adolescent way. Who amongst us hasn't indulged in the odd ritual?
1: Exactly.
0: (laughs) Had a nickel. The whole witch thing is a cry for discipline and attention. And she's getting those things because Willow is grounded. Willow, for some reason at this moment and never again, decides to vocally rebel, only proving her mother's point. Right. Only, well, because her it's Her mother says, attention. this is a cry for discipline and attention. And Willow right. says, I'm rebelling for discipline and attention. <laughs> I'm not even sure what's happening in the script at that
1: point. Well, because here's the thing. Uh, Willow's Wiccan activity is not at all a cry for attention exactly. and discipline. And then as soon as her mother says that she decides to do exactly that and escalate it and say, oh, I call thee Satan and all this, when it has absolutely nothing to do with satanic anything. Which is
0: also wildly out of character for Willow, because she knows that there are actual dark forces out there. Right. And we know that she's intimidated by them. She's
1: aware of and intimidated by them, absolutely. And she wouldn't do that casually. And on top of which, she has never displayed any of the the damage of a neglected child. She has never, I mean, she definitely seems like the kind of kid that is, you know, raised by people who give her a lot of responsibility and independence right off from a young age. And, and that's fine. I mean, this, right. you know, a very that intellectual of, family. Of
0: distant academics, yeah. I kind of buy. And I always kind of vaguely had it in my head that maybe yeah. her father was a rabbi, you know, that yeah. maybe, her, you know, that there's, there's uh-huh. something of that kind of, of I don't know, a, a certain free form spirit of inquiry
1: right. associated mm-hmm. with,
0: with Willow's home life. But that... Active neglect is but no good. But active neglect, this absolutely conscious active not. Rebellion, Nothing which is in only this is confirming in her personality. everything her mother is right. saying. Mm-hmm. That doesn't make any sense. Maybe, maybe you can twist it to say that Willow is actually falling under the same malign influence in Sunnydale right. as her mother is. Mm-hmm. Maybe we actually are, you know, polarizing these communities. Maybe she, under whatever influence, mm-hmm. Hansel and Gretel have, and let's be clear, it's not textual. It's not evident, it's not explicit that Hansel and Gretel have any influence over anyone but Joyce. Right. Joyce is the only person who is... Who we've
1: seen actively changed by... And actively
0: manipulated by Mm this spirit. There doesn't seem to be any kind of general magical component here, except there has to be, because otherwise this makes no sense at all. All. Right, mm-hmm. you have to allow for you know a, a certain spirit of, of yes.
1: Well, because they get very much like the the women uh, that Xander put the love spell on. Yeah. After a certain point, yeah. they get into that mob and they become completely unlike themselves. So
0: there has to be a general mm-hmm. magic. So yeah. if there is a general magic, perhaps it is affecting everyone. Yes. Perhaps it is actually affecting the bullies in the school. Perhaps it's even affecting Buffy. You know, we skipped over it earlier. But Buffy right. has that line Can to Can you find Giles.
1: the loophole to kill the people? Yeah. Yes, exactly. And in that moment, I had the question, is Buffy being affected by this? But for the rest of the episode, she's not. See,
0: I don't think that Buffy... I, the degree to which Buffy is being affected by the spell, if mm-hmm. there is a spell, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't think that Buffy in that moment is being affected by anything. I think she finds the the, the sight of two children harrowing, which anybody course,
1: would, and also that it's humans think do this, she's sincere
0: in her desire to kill. I think the she's just venting.
1: Yeah. yeah, I think yeah, she's absolutely. just venting at that point. But I mean, the thing is, is that she knows when it's don't. a human crime. Then you let the police handle it, yeah. but the police can't handle the demons and the supernatural stuff, so that's where she steps in. Weirdly, and she knows when that line.
0: Giles reacts to what she says. Mm-hmm. He seems to be taking her seriously. Yes. Yeah, this episode's kind of a hot
1: mess. It is. And Giles, though, is unaffected by this spell as he well. Isn't seems he? To be, Doesn't he seem though, to be? You and know, the rules of I mean, if it was one thing, if it's like adults and kids you know that that teenagers aren't specifically if it's specifically parents but giles is for all intents and purposes a parent you know i mean we've seen that
0: were that the yes if if this spell and if in the minds of the writers this you know magical influence i don't even necessarily want to call it a spell but but Mm -hmm. the extended influence of the demon in this episode was affecting parental relationships there's no way that the writers wouldn't have emphasized yeah, the, Giles's relation—the parental Giles, relationship, although he doesn't have and children. And
1: yeah. Well, see, yeah. that's the thing though; they don't draw the line. It feels to me like the intent in the writing, and I don't know this, but it feels to me like the intent in the writing, especially when we come to visit this. You know, we we find the information out about this this uh, demon later, is that. Um, is that people are people. Like, this is what yeah. people will do. People will turn on each other, and all you right. have to do is give them a reason. And then of their own accord, they're going to get caught up in this mob mentality. And that's
0: a better story mm-hmm. in as much as I, I like this story better if instead of a generalized magical effect, it really is just Joyce. It's just Joyce, well, Joyce is the only one who she's sees the making kids. it happen. But if that's the case, yeah. it makes the episode as a whole far worse. Yeah. Because it makes Sunnydale a town of lunatics. Yeah. And that is even less consistent with what we know of this town.
1: It's, it's interesting. And, and it's, it's I think internally inconsistent in a way that makes it really hard to nail down exactly right. what the episode is saying.
0: And all of that is exemplified, I think... In that scene between Willow and her mother. Yeah. I really like her mother. I really like Willow. Alison mm-hmm. Hannigan gives a knockout performance throughout this episode. Right. And particularly in that scene. Mm-hmm. I like that character. I don't know who she is and we'll never see her again. Right. But I mm-hmm. like the character named Willow Rosenberg in that
1: scene. <laughs> in this thing, yeah.
0: So mm-hmm. that's the problem is that in itself, it's good and it's entertaining and it's well written and it's funny as hell. And it's right. sparky and it's punchy. It's all this wonderful stuff. But it destroys Buffy the Vampire Slayer as a show.
1: Well, it, it fundamentally changes it, yeah. which is something that if that consequence went through into the rest of the season, then okay. But this is a standalone episode. Which is
0: why, if there had been a reset at the end of this episode, a la The Wish.
1: You could kind of accept it. Yeah. But also, I want to understand the how this particular magic functions and I don't think we get enough consistent information no. to tell us how it works.
0: Because the, the rules of the world that mm-hmm. we're seeing here are inconsistent with what we know of Sunnydale. Therefore right. we have no idea is this a magical effect? Is right. this an actual spell? Is it transmitted person to person by Joyce interacting one is on it, one with people? It like, is it, it infectious that way?
1: Is it that only the people that Joyce is yeah. speaking to about this and since she didn't speak to Giles about this, he didn't become infected. Although he was in the room yeah. when she she spoke to everyone. So, I don't know. Uh, but Joyce is the only one, as far as I remember, who can see the little kids. She's the Except only one who we see, see. At the, the end. Right. Because yes. Giles sees them and sees well, the Well, yeah. he's casting the spell. He's so. casting the spell.
0: Well, although, yeah, no, you're right. He sees them before he casts the spell. So, perhaps... Perhaps everyone, or perhaps all the adults in Sunnydale. Are this is seeing. the
1: thing: we don't have a clear line of evidence telling us exactly how this works, and I think that makes it kind of hard to follow.
0: And it sits uncomfortably along some of the other lines of conflict. Snyder mm-hmm. isn't just, right, you know, following along in Joyce's footsteps. He's not just uh, hunting witches. Yeah, he's also taking this opportunity to. Fight against Giles, you know. Yeah,
1: well, which is something that uh, that Snyder would do. Of course, this is in no way out of character for him. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, but he's also not caught up in the the, well, and the mayor is so benign in this episode. Um, It's it's a shame. It's a waste of Harry Grainer too.
0: But there are moments. There are moments of just brilliance. So we end Willow and Sheila's interaction with Willow uh, vocally rebelling. Her yes. mother, though, is firm no more consorting with that bunny girl. With that bunny. I don't like bunny either. Yeah. That's a cheap joke. Yeah, it is. Like, just as a How piece of characterization. How much
1: she doesn't pay attention that because she calls her so bunny. she's so
0: smart, too. Mm-hmm. She, right. Uh, that character, as depicted, I think, has a mind for details. Right. And would, would know very well that it's Buffy. She wouldn't care.
1: Not to, to mention well that that, that she does have that feminist... You exactly. know, a uh, thing for her. So, I mean, I think that she would remember her daughter's. Friends that are women, you know, and, and, you know, and at least have the courtesy to remember their name properly,
0: (laughs) particularly after Willow spent her entire childhood hanging out with that Xander boy.
1: Exactly. Exactly.
0: (laughs) Joyce, meanwhile, is telling Buffy that there'll be no more consorting with that Willow girl. She just wants to keep the town safe and clean and sanitized. And what better way is there of achieving that than some indiscriminate censorship? (laughs) Sunnydale is sliding into hell and Buffy's not making things any better. Buffy's not winning in any defined way. Buffy leaves with a crack about the acronym, which is weak sauce. but there we go. <laughs> and with her gone, we see finally that Joyce is being haunted and goaded by the spirits of the dead children. The bad people are out there, and they have to pay.
1: So we know at this point that Joyce is definitely under a paranormal influence, which
0: yeah makes and I must it. Admit, y- you know, watching this episode for the first time, I remember being wildly relieved that that was the case
1: because with Joyce, you never know. Well, you know, yeah. Joyce could yeah. slide back into her old habits. You know? We're
0: also hitting very hard this idea of of the mother's action group, the yeah. "want someone think of the children" mm-hmm. you know, action group. Um, the satire there is a little. It's a little broad. Yeah. It, it doesn't really connect the the, the specifics that would make
1: mm-hmm. that
0: would make the 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 satire at least work and function right. and be, be tight because we're not just satirizing that kind of community, right? That kind of action group. We're broadly satirizing God, fascism, book burning. You know.
1: Well, and also like the mothers against at whatever you know group. That that, that in itself so isn't the the mob mentality that we get. That humans have in, I mean, that's actually kind of, those things generally are politically based. They do good work. They make good change. They have laws against drunk driving happening. I mean, but but they're not 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 mob and pitchfork types of, of communities. I think the anti, the witch hunt, the Joe McCarthy, I think is a much better analogy for this sort of torch and pitchfork mentality right
0: I, I just want to like very carefully frame what i just said okay. I, I kind of trailed off halfway through and i want to be very clear that i am not actually saying that these types of groups in real life are you know witch hunters or fascists or anything right right, right right yes that's not at all what i mean what i mean is that the depiction in the popular culture of these groups the satirical depiction of these groups yes. goes to Torch and Pitchfork mentality, I think, right. very readily and very freely. But it's also toothless. It makes me crazy mm-hmm. that the acronym is Moo. Yeah. Because it's always Mothers Against
1: right. Something. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know?
0: There are a million things. Mothers Against Witches gives you Maw. Gives you Maw. That's right. a perfectly functional acronym. Which is
1: for a hellmouth? A completely appropriate
0: to that. I wonder if that standards and practices I wonder if there was a lawyer somewhere in the saying that you can't say mothers against you because mothers, mothers against, against drug driving. driving
1: yeah, yeah well that's also I just close. I just find that I find that analogy to be a little bit weak that we get this we do have the the bland and I also love the fact that you know in the end we get these children that nobody knows who their parents are nobody knows what their names are that, that we just won't we think of the so children good. you know people use children a lot for yeah. political hay. I would have rather have seen Like, uh, you know, and I guess because we had to have Joyce because we wanted it to have that personal element. But this is the kind of thing, this is a Joe McCarthy kind of political thing. I would rather see the mayor. Working with this and and doing something, well, no, I,
0: I think that would have been that for would have political been a too points. Too to carry, considering the mayor has another storyline. That's yeah, morning, you know, yeah. Uh, no, he's got other stuff going on, but yeah. But I think Snyder, Snyder, yes, would, have a Snyder would have been
1: great. Snyder would have been great to, as, to as the as but the. We wanted yeah. it to be
0: the mothers. We wanted that satirical element. I, i'm happy just kind of uh, and i of, feel
1: like that just goes off the track a yeah, little bit yeah. i'm
0: happy just painting it with, with a broad brush and say yeah satire doesn't work it it's doesn't not connect. working it mm-hmm. doesn't land and it's not in any way mm-hmm. kind of functional within the framework of the right. episode mm-hmm. but this is the problem with this story right this is the problem with this episode with this script mm-hmm. we move from that scene we have the reveal with with the children yes I to say really solid yes piece of i like that too. we move from that to one of my favorite interactions between angel and buffy ever oh absolutely this scene in the playground where the Mm -hmm. flowers are laid buffy is just distraught angel shows up they embrace this is a new phenomenon this is something new even in Mm -hmm. sunnydale buffy is preoccupied with joyce's opinion on the role of slayer is she helping is there any chance of winning yeah and we have this fantastic discussion that is absolutely compatible with where we left these characters at the end of a and
1: actually i think sets up a great deal for how they look at what they do, the philosophical look uh, for especially for the character of angel. Yes, why he fights. Yes
0: angel in particular is going mm-hmm. to explore this question much more fully and much why more you carefully. fight this
1: losing yeah. battle? In for his, your in, entire this life. Is in the Angel Spendish, yeah, and this is a this is I, I think a really interesting philosophical thing is that no, we're not gonna win. We're yeah. never gonna win, but this we fight the because there are things worth fighting for. That Angel mm-hmm.
0: made or yes. Angel uh, that was at least, you know, wrapped around Angel at the end of a man's and I love This it. is it's the a heart of who scene. Angel
1: is. Absolutely. It's so connected, yeah.
0: it's so resonant, it's so thematically rich, it speaks to the very core of what Buffy is about. Exactly. And of course opens up a brilliant dramatic irony mm-hmm. because we just watched the wish. Yeah. We know exactly what would have happened exactly. if Uffy hadn't been around. Exactly. yeah you know, the work that she's doing is cosmically important, mm-hmm. but she's never going to see it. But she get can't the see credit it because
1: there's it. always more demons. Exactly. There are always more more dangerous things. Yeah. I
0: genuinely, unabashedly love that moment. If, if this episode was just that moment, yeah. we would be talking top three of all time. Absolutely. It's so strong. Mm-hmm. In the library, meanwhile, Giles is wresting some information from the Dread Machine. Oh, I love And this. Oz and Xander have found his books locked up safe and sound in City Hall. <laughs> Buffy appears, though, with important questions. Just who the hell are these kids? Somehow, in all the excitement, no one noticed that we don't even know their names. And mm. I love that. That too.
1: That's a fabulous moment. And
0: this is this could have been written, you know, fifteen yeah. years later. This could mm-hmm. have been pointed at Facebook.
1: Oh, absolutely. This idea yeah. of
0: indiscriminate outrage. It's right. not about the detail. Mm-hmm. It's about the version of the event that you are told in a Buzzfeed headline
1: about this outrage narrative that we've yeah. got going on. And we love this, you know. Oh, look at the children. It's for the children. And the fact that these oftentimes are just made-up stories. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a real interesting. It's a. It's, I think there's there's an interesting and very real psychological phenomenon behind what this episode is talking about. Yeah. But, but I feel like we we miss it.
0: Because we tangle, uh, we tangle it up with the outraged mother right. social group. Mm-hmm. We tangle it up with fascism and book burning. We tangle yes. it up with the Salem witch trials and right. all these other things. If we just clarified the story mm-hmm. to deal with outrage and hurt and despair. With what I really is at the if,
1: heart of that story. Yeah. Instead of outrage... Give me hopelessness. Yeah. Give me a town. That what has happens just given when up. all hope is gone? Yeah. Exactly. That's an incredibly rich place to There's go, a huge especially story given the you know why do we fight discussion. That exactly fits right. perfectly with that kind of thematic landscape. But we just don't have it here.
0: We don't. We yeah. don't. Oz steps in to wrangle the computer and gets in touch with Willow remotely. Together, they delve into the records, discovering other versions of this same story. Every 50 years, the dead children show up. They tear apart communities in a frenzy of witch hunting. They just happened this one time to show up on the Hellmath. Well, there you go. Willow is taken out of the investigation, however, by her mother's new understanding that Willow is a serious witch. All she can do is let Willow go with love. An ominous phrase, if ever nope, there seriously. was one. And I do like, you know, we, we've talked a little about Sheila, of course. Mm-hmm. I must commend that actress. Yeah. Uh, do you have her name to hand. Yeah. I'll let you look her up while I praise her. Okay. And, and say that she does a great job. She really does communicate a, a real tangible, you know, maternal instinct. in exactly that kind of abstracted and distant way. Yeah. That the, 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 the character calls for. But when she hits this point. And she starts slipping toward darkness. Both she and um, Christine Sutherland do a fantastic job.
1: No, no, they really do. And uh, she, the actress's name is Jordan Baker, Mm -hmm. who has done like a lot of guest spots on a lot of shows. Um, (laughs) She
0: does look familiar. She has that kind of, oh, I know her. She has that kind of,
1: I know her from that thing. Exactly. Um, But she uh, did do an episode of Gilmore Girls, which is probably where I've seen her before um, because I've seen every episode of Gilmore Girls at least three or four times. Um, she's been on the West Wing. She's been on a, just a ton of things, uh, but just shows up for this one episode of, of Buffy to, to come in and be uh, Willow's mom and then go away. All she needs to
0: show up on Lost. I think if there are actors out there who have appeared in Gilmore Girls, West Wing, Buffy, and Lost.
1: Oh, yeah. I can't think
0: of anyone off the top of my head. I'm sure our listeners will go look them up. I know somebody's
1: going to be on the forum very soon. Coming up, We already have the Star Trek Buffy crossover guy who's given us all of that every time an actor shows up who's been on any Star Trek who's in Buffy. We always get that. And I love that. Um, But, yeah, we should find out if they like uh, out of all of our favorite shows, who has been on all of them. Yeah, right. You throw in
0: Star Trek. That's my top five. Yeah, If if someone has appeared in all five of those. Yeah. series that would be perfect that would
1: be really interesting
0: giles meanwhile is making the (laughs) connection back from the children to hansel and gretel some demons seed communities with hatred and stand back to watch the world burn buffy is about to confront her mother but michael runs in beaten and bloody he was attacked by his father and his friends and the mob already has amy and they're about to get willow too At Buffy's house, Joyce pulls the old, hey, does this smell like chloroform protein, (laughs) and knocks Buffy out as Giles is bundled off by a couple of M.O.O. members. The children agree, in their creepy way, that this is a good start, but they need a more permanent solution. Xander and Oz search for Willow and find her house torn apart by a struggle. In the town hall, Willow, Amy, and Buffy are bound to stakes atop pyres of books because, well, we're leaning just real heavily on the symbolism exactly. there. Cordelia, meanwhile, wakes Giles from another bout of unconsciousness, but at least has the grace to comment oh upon it.
1: Oh, my God. Okay, can we just take a moment to say to. how incredibly yes. awesome Cordelia no is? Don't not to. <laughs> she is
0: This fantastic. is another thing. This is this mm-hmm. is just like Snyder commenting on the books. yeah. Giles being knocked unconscious has become a trope. Right. That's fine. You can have a character lean on it and... Cordelia is leans the on it right,
1: perfectly. Is the right, and Cordelia is the right person yeah. too because she is always somewhat, even when she was but, in the group, she was always the observant. Absolutely, You know the observer, the person who does that. But it's also true
0: that Giles being knocked unconscious is not a fundamental you know, piece right. of the Buffy universe. Yes, Giles having access to, to books of ritual magic, that is important. We need that every week. Right. We don't need, though apparently we have, we have Giles being knocked, knocked unconscious knocked out all the time. every but,
1: week. <laughs> how many times have you been knocked out anyway? And then she's like, the brain damage happened before i hit you i love that and she's just slapping his face <laughs> so i went back yes we
0: needed to do this someone had to do uh, it eventually so this was back. gonna happen yes i looked through all the notes that i've compiled through dusted yes i did a quick search for unconscious knocked out giles <laughs> jesus <You>
1: know,
0: <laughs> for these popular search terms yes and i think that i've compiled a full list but if i've missed anything. You guys should get in touch This and is let something me
1: else we need on the forums, Do this We is, uh, need somebody who will absolutely... Because you came up with how many? I think I have 15. Okay. I feel like it's more than that. I right. feel like it's <laughs> got to be more than that.
0: But this is 15 out of uh, something like 48 episodes?
1: Yeah, okay. it still feels like more than... I would say it has to be at least half. All right, let's
0: go through these. I would these. say it should let's be at least 30. Let's see if you 30. can pick out any that I've forgotten here. Right. Which... Mm-hmm. He's knocked out. Never kill a boy, he's knocked out, yes. which is the first time that I noticed him being knocked out. He's knocked out in Witch by Amy's mother. Yes. But it happens so fast that it's not a major plot point. Right. The first time he's taken out of the final confrontation yes. in like a very purposeful mm-hmm. way is Never Kill a Boy on the First Date. He's knocked out in the pack by mm-hmm. the zookeeper. He's knocked out in Out of Mind, Out of Sight. That's he's knocked out that time by the gas in the basement so that Angel can yes, yes. rescue him. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's knocked out in Prophecy Girl, of course. Mm-hmm. He's knocked out in When She Was Bad. In passion, in becoming, in Beauty and the Beast, that's the one where he shot yeah. with the Trank Gun. Mm-hmm. He's knocked out in Homecoming. He's knocked out in Revelations. He's knocked out in the alternate universe in Wish, in wish which by the still door counts. of the Armored right. car. Uh-huh. And now here he is being knocked out in gingerbread.
1: Okay, I still feel like there's more. It feels like he gets knocked out every single episode. I mean, it really does. So I would love for somebody to go through and like do like the absolute, you know. Giles TKO count because yeah, I started keeping account in the beginning of, of when we started Dusted and I lost track after a certain point we were still in season one well that's
0: 13 episodes that I have there may well be more than
1: that there but, may uh, well, well be more so anybody but who has them what's yeah. interesting
0: is that in my memory at least yeah. this kind of marks a turning point where uh-huh. Giles is now not going to be knocked out with the same frequency
1: well okay let's hope not because I'm serious like, the man needs an MRI
0: <laughs> I feel like lampshading it is actually going to lead to a change I, th- I think we're going to once we
1: become so yeah, conscious of it yeah mm-hmm. i think
0: so well we'll find out we? yes. we'll, we'll keep a running total as we as we go on and i will put that list down. up on the forum or i'll, I'll yeah. put it up in a google yeah. Doc somewhere or we'll, we'll, and uh,
1: anybody who has any instances that we miss, please yeah. come in because we really want an exhaustive uh <laughs> yeah list i
0: said earlier that we oftentimes see gingerbread appearing on the lists of the all-time great buffy episodes mm-hmm. and when it does it's usually this scene that's referenced yes. it's usually cordelia <laughs> slapping Giles and waking him up and asking him one of these days you're going to wake up in a coma right It is a great scene. Anytime you can put Charisma Carpenter and Anthony Hadd in a room together, I am going to be gratified. Absolutely. No, it's wonderful. And I miss her.
1: One of the things, uh, (laughs) the saddest part of the whole Xander Willow fallout is that Cordelia is just not part of the Scoobies She's always going
0: to be around. She's She's, always going to orbit She she
1: runs around a little bit, but she is nowhere near as much as we need. We need more Cordelia.
0: At the town hall, Xander and Oz try to fit in with the mob lunatics, but they're not good at it, you guys. They're not good at it. The moms are ready to burn the evil right out of their daughters, and Amy, too, who's had enough. It's spellcasting time. One neat special effect later, she has transformed herself into a rat and runs out of the room. Willow and Buffy make claims about their great and terrible witchy power, which... Seems like a super high risk strategy. <laughs>
1: well, at the point where you've got flames licking your boots, I think that, you know, uh, you gotta maybe, kinda you kinda maybe. go for the go for the fences, you know.
0: Giles and Cordelia meanwhile race toward the town hall in presumably the Giles Mobile, although we don't mm-hmm. get an exterior shot of it being pushed along by the two guys. Yes. Cordelia true. <laughs> is crafting the components of a spell as Giles tries to remember the incantation. Buffy appeals to Joyce's maternal instinct, but honestly, it was never that strong to begin with. (laughs) Giles pulls a bobby pin from Cordelia's hair and picks the lock on the door. We get that great moment when she calls him out on having a wasted youth. Yes, (laughs) He calls out the incantation in German as Cordelia wields the fire hose like a champ, extinguishing the flames. Giles finishes the incantation, throws the concoction on the floor, and the children are enveloped in smoke. They embrace and transform into a troll-looking demon, which is surprisingly, but happily wearing pants.
1: Standards and practices. You Let's can thank all
0: just be glad. You
1: can thank Devin from standards and practices.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> had a busy time in this episode. Yes, exactly. Uh, the troll demon charges Buffy, but she snaps the stake, bends forward, and impales it through the neck, just in time for Oz and Xander to plummet through the ceiling and land on the books. This episode swings wildly between my least favorite things and most favorite things. Yes, Buffy breaking the stake, leaning forward, and the troll charging and impaling itself on the stake <laughs> is one of my least favorite things. That is, that is, that is dumb.
1: It is no, it, well, I mean, it's funny, but you're right. You know, it's 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 this. We've have this demon that we don't overcome through you know through ingenuity or teamwork or whatever it's this whole it's just this accidental she happens to you know pull the stake or did i get him did i get him you didn't get him he got himself he's he's apparently incredibly stupid it's a miracle he's lasted this long um so yeah i mean it's but it's funny it's the moment where she's like did i get it did i get it always makes me laugh even though i know it's a bad moment the beat following
0: it of, Will, uh, of Xander and Oz falling through the ceiling and landing on the books
1: okay that
0: I, I like Xander and, and Oz
1: working perfect. together and bonding yeah, over over you know being part of this team and then this is and, finally yeah, the end of the well you know I'm <laughs> certain there is slash fiction out there If I'm I didn't
0: share Oz and Willow so much
1: <sighs> Oz I would and totally be well could have gone that way. You know, because <laughs> Joss Whedon has said that he was thinking about possibly making Xander gay, that that was yeah, on the list it, it of, was, of possibilities, yes. On the
0: cards, yeah. Mm-hmm, it, so. it would have been interesting. I, I, yeah. I could have got behind that relationship. I think they would have been really good for each other.
1: I, yeah, Xander and Oz, I gotta say. <laughs> um, anybody knows where that slash fiction is, you can direct me to it.
0: <laughs> in Willow's room, she and Buffy are dabbling in magic, lamenting the fact that Willow's mother has fallen prey to the selective memory syndrome so common to Sunnydale. And yes. I do like Willow's beat there. She's She's got that thing that your mom used to get. Yes. It's so nice. They complete the spell, the herbs smoke, Willow speaks the incantation, and nothing at all happens to the rat that used to be Amy. Buffy says they should get her a wheel, and we cut to credits. And there you go. Having completely left the Society of Sunnydale a smoking ruin, (laughs) as well as the town hall, probably by now, a smoking ruin.
1: the town hall. When you go inside a building and set up stakes (laughs) to burn, why is that? I mean, I...
0: (laughs) Why is that? Because we couldn't do it in an outdoor set.
1: Because Cordelia couldn't use the fire hose in an outdoor... I don't know. I I just... It just doesn't make any... Because if you're burning them, you're pretty much burning the whole thing down. And and at any rate, it's going to be... That room is going to be unusable for quite some time. You would think so. At the the best of circumstances, say the building remains standing. After Cordelia
0: setting off the fire hose, I think that room is going to be unusable for some time. (laughs) Plus, there's some structural damage to the ceiling.
1: Here's the thing. (laughs) When you're burning people at the stake, do it outdoors. Yeah. Do it it's, right. It's
0: it's weak. It's
1: all about having, you know, confidence in, in the quality of your work.
0: We've yeah. talked a lot about the ways in which this episode breaks the world of Buffy. Yes. Breaks our understanding of Sunnydale. Now I'm going to address the way in which it doesn't break the world of Buffy, the mm-hmm. world of Sunnydale. Where the hell is faith in this episode? Yeah. Faith has been notably absent from a few recent episodes. And that's fine. You know, Right, the,
1: because we had a reason for that. Structurally,
0: we couldn't have Eliza Dushku showing up on set every day. Exactly. She was a guest star through the mm-hmm. third season. That all makes complete sense. That's fine. I do understand from a TV production point of view right. why she wasn't in this episode. Mm-hmm. But to have an episode about the role of the supernatural in Sunnydale, mm-hmm. to have an episode in which Joyce goes after the Slayer, yes. and to not even mention Faith, not one line of dialogue saying, oh, she had to go back to Boston. Exactly. Oh, she's south of the border. She's having a weekend in T.O. Yeah. As she does from time to time, mm-hmm. to not have any reference made to faith yes. is such a striking and startling omission in this episode. It is, and it distracted me throughout the back half of the, of the proceedings. Yeah, it's it's a crazy thing, and this is the problem: is that this episode fundamentally doesn't feel like it fits.
1: It it doesn't. It feels like it's an odd piece in a puzzle that is not part of the puzzle that you're actually putting together. You know, it just doesn't feel like it works.
0: So let's set all of that aside, Mm -hmm. I guess, and talk a little about what is great and crunchy and thematically interesting within this episode. Let's talk about how much good the Slayer does. We know from the Wishverse Mm -hmm. that the Slayer has done a great deal of good for Sunnydale specifically, but also in general. I think there's a sense in in the Wish that Mm -hmm. not only is Sunnydale a much darker place, but that the world itself is darker. Right. You know, Buffy has failed to prevent... The rising of the master, you know, mm-hmm. even though she's doing good work, she's being the slayer in Cleveland. Right. She's not quite, you know, doing as much good but as she's she But she's not where could.
1: she's supposed to yeah. be. You know? And
0: of course, Angel hasn't been doing
1: good mm-hmm. right. either
0: because he was captured during the master's exactly. rising. Exactly. So he's mm-hmm. also been taken out of the game. So we know, though Buffy never will, exactly mm-hmm. how much good she's doing. What do we think of this existentialist position? That it is the choice to fight that defines the man mm-hmm. rather than the amount of good that you do. That the amount is, of win that
1: you get, right. Yeah, because
0: it's not even, you know, we, we talked a little last time about, mm-hmm. you know, Oz the Kantian, that he's very yes. concerned about why you would do something, that that right. action has to occur for the right reasons in order to be moral. Mm-hmm. Whereas Giles is much more pragmatic and Buffy mm-hmm. too swings toward pragmatism. You know, it, it's important to do the thing that needs to be done, yes. regardless mm-hmm. of the reason behind it. Angel has this existentialist view which says that it's the making of the choice that makes you a good person that or defines you are. defines who the chance for the, redemption yeah,
1: and the reasons why you do the things that you do and I think that overall I feel like even though Buffy the character may be a little bit more pragmatic a little bit more mm-hmm. utilitarian that Buffy the show in and of itself is about that idealism it I is about so. you make the choices you make the outcome of the choices is not as important as the choice itself it's not the outcome doesn't define who you are it's the reason you make the choice yes. to do the thing you do that defines who you are
0: well, I, <laughs> I don't want to to say broadly, that mm-hmm. that's true. I think that we will engage with all of those ideas. Yeah. I think that, yes, if you distill the thesis of Buffy down, mm-hmm. that's the one that you're left with. Mm-hmm. There certainly are interesting stories about, you know, the pragmatic steps that needs to be taken. Oh, Doing there the are difficult different philosophies. To and, and
1: different, I think, seasons yeah. will tend to have a different flavor. I think that the show itself grows as the characters grow and change so, yeah. and that's the, one of the nice things that I like about Buffy is that the characters grow and change and season 2 Buffy is different from season 3 Buffy which is the way that it should be mm-hmm. especially in a character that young young people change really fast right, you know right, they right. grow up and they learn and there there's a lot of new information and new experiences that change who they are um so I think that philosophically Buffy does move around and I think the same way that people move around while you know i may be uh, more idealistic i can understand the pragmatic side of things that there are certain things that do just need to be done you know also
0: pragmatism has a a more urgent virtue when you live in a world with actual demons and vampires and terrible magic Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. there are moments when buffy has to take a difficult action because the alternative despite how hard or how how bad the thing that she has to do is the alternative would be that much well, worse. Well, and that Killing Angel, I guess, is the, the right. ultimate example of that.
1: Well, well, or yeah.
0: <laughs> since we keep having discussion on the forum about this, yes, Buffy doesn't kill Angel per se. Yes. She she simply exiles him into a demon dimension. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right. But she behaves as though she killed him.
1: Well... And that's the
0: mechanical differentiation for As
1: far as me. she understands, I mean, she did. Yeah. You know, she, she put a stake through... Oh, not a stake. It was a, a sword through his heart. But yeah, that is, that is one of those distinctions that I'm not sure is um, experientially, that distinct. I, I think yeah. so. I think mm-hmm. you're entirely right. So,
0: is there an argument talking about you know the doing of good?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We get this take on the Hansel and Gretel demon yes. in this episode that he shows up in communities and sows discord mm-hmm. and leads to you know witch burnings and all of this stuff. He tears communities apart by yes. hatred and suspicion and fear and mm-hmm. and by appealing, of course, to the better angels of our right nature and twisting them into you know perversity. Is there an argument that what buffy and angel really do what the scoobies really do in aggregate is spread good that mm-hmm. they spread hope that they spread bravery is yeah. there is there an, an argument that they are <laughs> that they are really the inverse of of the hansel and gretel demon do you think there's something to that
1: interesting i hadn't really thought of it that way.
0: I hadn't thought of it until watching the mm-hmm. episode this time. Mm-hmm. But I was really taken with this idea that, that some demons go on a rampage and yeah. some don't. Mm-hmm. Some just corrupt and watch the world burn. Right. I feel as though... One of the things that we see, and and, and this is perhaps, you know, a reflection of my desire that this episode had, rather than anger and outrage, actually been about hopelessness. I think that would have been a Um,
1: much more interesting place. I think
0: there's maybe an argument that one of the things that Buffy does, one of the things that the Slayer does, Mm -hmm. is inspire. And this is particularly true of Buffy, of course, because Buffy is the first Slayer who wasn't alone. Right. She's the first Slayer with community. We know that from Spike. We know that even from Giles. Yes. She's the first Slayer who is Mm -hmm. surrounded by friends and companions and you know warriors of truth and justice and Mm -hmm. virtue and she really does make the people around her better
1: well yeah which we see angel too i think Mm
0: -hmm. you think there's an argument there
1: (laughs) i think yeah i hadn't thought about it that way before but i think that there's definitely something something to that because as we saw in the wish sunnydale without buffy You know, is not just Sunnydale without Buffy, but it's Sunnydale without Buffy and Willow and Xander and Angel and this whole group of people that are coming together to do something important, even though it is, you know, a constant battle.
0: And I think that, you know, maybe the poster child for that idea is mm-hmm. Cordelia. Right. Because Cordelia has no dog in the fight. Yeah. If anything, I mean, perhaps she wouldn't go through with it, but I can imagine that there would be a little whisper in, in Cordelia's ear. It wouldn't be that bad if Buffy got burned at a stake. Right. You
1: know, <laughs> given all that we've gone through.
0: But she steps up. She fights yeah. alongside Giles and she saves the day mm-hmm. for no reason other than, you know, her sense of what is right and just.
1: Right. But well, yeah. And that her her mother took away her <laughs> <laughs> right okay yes <laughs> her parents are getting crazy so she does kind of have a dog in the fight because her parents are getting crazy and I came over here to tell Buffy to knock it off you know or to make it stop or whatever but she knows in the end like she I think will stand back but if she's needed in a fight she'll she'll hop Absolutely. in she'll save Buffy she'll save the people season one Cordelia wouldn't yeah.
0: have done that I mean yeah. wouldn't have possessed the skills and yeah. the confidence to mm-hmm. do it but also I think wouldn't right. have done it um mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to Buffy as a leader rather than as being, you know, one girl in all the world. Yeah. And I think that, you know, without any spoilers, I think that we're going to see that role explored Mm -hmm. in a really interesting and and, and complicated way going forward through the show, Um, even toward the end of this season. (laughs) We may get some thoughts on that very subject. There may be. So there's a bunch of stuff that we nod at. In this episode, without really exploring it, we we nod toward the idea that human evil is worse than demonic evil. We yeah. discussed that on Dusted before, mm-hmm. but we don't do anything with it because, of course, it isn't a human evil. Right. So we only get a beat of that, and then mm-hmm. we move on. Even within the frame of the story, as we're supposed to take it through the first act, we don't get a beat of that because yeah. Buffy is the only one who seems preoccupied with the notion of human evil. Right. Joyce immediately goes to it's witches. Mm-hmm. She has a theory. It it's,
1: may be witches. It's. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so even then, we skip over the idea that human evil is a, is a worse evil. Yes. So we don't engage with that. We fleetingly reference this, this perception filter that covers Sunnydale, this mm-hmm. ability that the citizens of Sunnydale have to forget about things that they need to forget to about. To not think silence is our disease. Exactly yes. right. Mm-hmm. But even then, we're not engaging with that in an interesting way. We, right. we have this very brief reference to Sheila half forgetting, half yeah. not caring, half whistling past. All the stuff that has happened. Yeah. But the degree to which, when that has happened in the past, Mm -hmm. we've had some explanation. We've had snakes escape from the sewers Uh or, you know, a gas line. Gangs on PCP,
1: yes. Gangs on PCP, exactly.
0: We've had some albeit half-hearted explanation offered but, but yeah but sufficient to kind of patch over the the gaps in the memory mm-hmm. what explanation was offered for you were going to burn your children at the
1: stake what i what explanation is offered for the town hall has been destroyed what explanation is <laughs> offered for and this is the thing like all you of are that most
0: bothered in all of this episode you are most bothered by the fact that we're going to burn them indoors <laughs> I love that in everything that has happened in this episode, that is the because thing. Because it's so get over.
1: willfully, okay, because yeah. this is the thing it's so willfully stupid. Nobody burns witches at the stakes <laughs> indoors. Nobody does that. <laughs> There's good reasons for it because you want to get rid of the witches and the stake, but you want to keep the town hall. So I think part of it is that, part of what bugs me about that is that there is no reason to do that indoors it makes absolutely no sense whatsoever and yes it's worse that these women are trying to burn their own daughters i mean yes obviously that's much worse did we
0: do it because we wanted giles to pick the lock did I feel we do like it because we, we wanted the symbolism of it? Did we do it because we wanted Cordelia and the fire hose? Did we do it because we wanted Xander and Oz falling through the sea? I
1: feel like it's it's Giles, uh, Cordelia, and Xander that we wanted those elements, and yeah. in order to have those elements, we have to have it inside. But within, but that's extra textual yeah. reasons for doing something, which is why that's always a problem in a story. If you're going to do something in a story, you have to do it for a story reason. I don't feel like there is a story reason for doing that. And that to me is, and I think why that bugs me is not because of, you know, is it worse to, burn people indoors than it is to burn them outdoors. Burning the people is obviously the bad thing yeah. where you do it is not the problem for me. What bugs me about that is that it feels like bad writing craft. Yeah, And I think that's why that bugs me the most because, um, because when writing and there is a lot of good stuff going on within gingerbread, but overall like that kind of choice is the kind of choice that willfully values uh, extra textual concerns I want this to happen in the story and I can't do that unless we're here, you yeah. know? Yeah. Um, that, that it, it values that over a story that makes sense and it kicks me out of the world of the story. I and that's, that that's, I, so for me, poor story craft is, is obviously going to always be like the most <laughs> offensive thing to me. <laughs> Because that's the kind of geek that I am, you know. Yeah, Other people it, can, can whistle past that and, and see that it may be in the world worse that they're burning the kids rather than where they're burning the kids. But to me, I feel like it's a story craft thing. I think
0: you can take that as a given. I think I think yeah. it's okay to be outraged by this this <laughs> really weird choice. You know? Yes. Particularly mm-hmm. because this is a town hall set that we haven't seen before. So yeah. they constructed the set for this episode.
1: Specifically for this. And the thing yeah. is, is that, you know, Xander and Oz falling through the um, the vents. I love yeah. that. Uh, you know i love cordelia with the hose i love giles picking the lock and his misspent youth all of that stuff is fine with me but it's it's not within the realm of the story there's no reason for them to burn their daughters and not to mention the fact that while they're burning their daughters they're going to be burning the room in which they stand Well,
0: the only reason to have that event take place in the town hall is Mm -hmm. if you're drawing an explicit connection to the mayor yeah. Which, we're, Which not. we're not. And there may have been a greater connection to the mayor in an earlier draft of the script. Mm-hmm. But all of that is supposition. We have no way of knowing
1: right. if that's true. Or if the demons in- did it so that they would burn not just their daughters, but themselves as well. And there would be a greater conflagration. And the way to do that is burning indoors. If the demon right. had but somehow, Even you if know- you're going
0: to burn indoors. Yeah. Even if it is a matter of, you know, we don't have an exterior set available. We have to do this in one right. of our interior sets. Don't make it the town hall. Go do it in the library. Yeah. The library would be a much more, you know, we're talking in part about censorship and the control yeah, of, of knowledge you that know? you want to
1: burn down the library, the exactly. whole thing. That, yeah, uh, and, and that also stabbing at the heart a bit of better, Buffy's yeah. identity as right, Slayer, you mm-hmm. know
0: burning in the library would be a much more powerful symbol even if you know you just want to maintain the same kind of symbolism as you have now right moreover we have precedent for people falling through the ceiling of the library <laughs> and landing on a pile
1: of books no we certainly do we have that so yeah i don't know i, I that just bugs me i think for those those storycraft reasons that, no i i
0: i do understand it yeah. but it, it's also hollow thematically yes it also it doesn't do anything mm-hmm. it's it, again It's not worth the wait. It's not worth the consequence. And that is the overall problem, I think, with this episode. Are there any other points that you want to discuss before we move on to the difficult discussion of where to put this on our list of every Buffy episode ever?
1: I... Don't think so. I think we've covered everything that I had, yeah.
0: Let's get to it, then. The big list of every Buffy episode ever, the link to which is in the show notes, is our attempt to rank, well, every episode of Buffy ever. Right now, our number one episode is Lover's Walk, episode eight of season three, and our bottom episode is Go Fish, episode 20 of season (laughs) two. I don't anticipate Go Fish moving anywhere anytime Anytime soon. Anytime soon, no. What are we going to do? With Gingerbread. As I've said, the highs in this episode. Some of my favorite stuff in all of Buffy is mm-hmm. contained in this episode. Yeah. I love, love that sequence between Angel and Buffy in the playground. Yeah, That speaks to me very directly. I said last week that Amends is, if not the best episode of Buffy ever. Yeah. Perhaps the most Alistair-specific. Right. Focused episode the of Buffy The one that was ever. written
1: for you. It really was. Yeah. yeah it, mm-hmm.
0: it gives me everything that I like from Buffy. Yeah. That episode, uh, that that sequence in the playground does exactly the same yep. thing. The mm-hmm. stuff between Cordelia and Giles is fantastic. I think the setup is great. I think the idea of the demon itself yeah. is fascinating. I love that as a take on good and evil in mm-hmm. the Buffyverse. There's a ton of brilliant stuff. If there had been a reset button at the end, yeah. if this had been an alternate universe episode, if there had been some way of of reframing these events, recontextualizing these events so that they didn't. Break out of the frame of Buffy and destroy, you know, our understanding of what this show is, Mm -hmm. I would probably have really liked it. It would possibly even have been a top 10 episode for me.
1: Yeah. For me, I think my problem is not the reset button. My problem with this episode is that. Rather than using the Monster of the Week as an opportunity for examining deeper the relationships and the, the human story, which I think is when, when Buffy is at its best, that's what it does. The Monster of the Week doesn't necessarily hijack everything. It serves to illuminate the human stories. Exactly. And I feel like that's an opportunity that we missed in Gingerbread. And that's where I need that's where I would need that reversal so that we are, we are using the monster of the week rather than as it feels in this episode as a societal commentary on mob mentality. Um, oh, that we're I using so it. At all.
0: I think it actually. Drains the the essence out of that story. I think it actually. Well, because I works think it actively against works against itself the story in that. Of, of mob mentality, but that's the right?
1: closest thing to what that monster of the week seems to be intending to do. Yeah, if you have a yeah. story
0: where, you know, a, a low grade demon or a vampire mm-hmm. or something, some supernatural force shows up in Sunnydale and kills a couple of kids. Yeah. And then the story of the episode is the fallout from dealing with that. Yeah. Without any kind of magical or malign influence, just mob mentality, mm-hmm. just, you know, this mother's action group kind of, of, of setup. If that's your story, then you can do some really interesting things with that. Mm -hmm. But trying to have your cake and eat it. Trying yeah. to talk about mob mentality, but having it be puppeteered by this demon. Yeah. That doesn't work. You're you're working against, you're working against your yourself. stated intent
1: there. So yeah, I just I just feel like that's those are the episodes that I really like where the you know, the monster serves to illuminate the yeah. the human. Yeah. Um and because we're missing that here, even though there are some lines that I love, I absolutely I, I adore The, you know, with King Friday, lording it over all the other puppets. There's something Uh. about that in that character. (laughs) That moment with Sheila Rosenberg, like, I want that Sheila in this show. You you know, like, I had fun with that and I enjoyed that part of her. Um, but overall, I mean, I kind of, I, there are strengths in this episode. The moment-to-moment work is good, and I find the jokes funny. I mean, I do. No, I find is, that it's a funny I find Buffy staking. Did I get it? Did I get? I find that to be funny. Did, did it, I get jazz it? Is hands better than funny. The, the it's
0: staking itself, but the the comedic right. timing of Xander right. and Oz falling through the ceiling, and at the end, you know, perfect. do we? You know, let's Cordelia. get her.
1: Maybe we get her a wheel. Yeah. We've got we've got Amy as a rat, which I feel is one of these things that goes a little overboard for me. There are some things throughout the span of Buffy that that sort of punch the world a little bit for me um and the idea that amy will indefinitely be a rat i think is is one of those things um but i mean i love that you know willow has her and she's basically now willow's pet rat and she's got you know even gonna get her a wheel yeah
0: speaks to the problem of this episode Mm -hmm. because Amy doesn't have parents. Yeah. She doesn't have a mother. We took care of that back in but season But she one. was
1: living with her father, though. We had, at the end of which that's what happened. She right, was living but with her dad. she
0: doesn't have the, the, the mother-daughter relationship. Right. That is mm-hmm. the, 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 uh, yes, you're right. But right, because her mother is, is watching
1: futilely from the uh, from inside the statuette. Yes. Right,
0: exactly. We're not. Amy is in this episode for two reasons. One, yeah. we wanted to talk about witches, and yes. Amy's a convenient witch. And two, we wanted to turn her into a rat. Yeah. That's it. She doesn't bring anything else poor yeah. michael is in this episode only to cast suspicion on witches right mm-hmm. you know he gives us another only to another show point us of how witches are yeah mm-hmm. so a lot of that construction is is flimsy yeah a lot of it is is far too you know conspicuous mm-hmm. in 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 the framing there um but for me the biggest problem is the fact that it it just trashes the world yeah it just if if this episode is 100 canonical It's going to force us into some really difficult and prolonged discussions, Mm -hmm. not just next week, but in every subsequent episode of Dustin, we're going to have to address, well, wait, they know this happened. Why isn't this something that we're talking about?
1: Well, and we just kind of, it gives us a lot of stuff that we just have to whistle past in the world later, you know? And I think that that can be a little bit frustrating, too. I, in my assessment of it, um, rank it somewhere around 26, around the puppet show, around Nightmares, around Witch.
0: That is exactly where I was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I don't know wh- why do you think nightmares feels like such a such a companionable episode for it. I don't. I I, I can't quite when, when I look at the list. I think yeah, yeah. Somewhere somewhere it's near night, it feels like nightmares, but I can't articulate why it feels like. Yeah, I don't. Well,
1: because I think Nightmares at the end. Well, Nightmares also is all of this stuff is happening, you know, in the town, and Mm -hmm. everybody's having these, these crazy, you know, paranormal nightmares. And, um, but Nightmares also didn't feel like it held together as well. Like it, and it also had the monster of the week sort of usurping the, the place of the human story, the reflection of the human story. Directly below
0: that, we have Witch Out of Mind, Out of Sight, The Pack. Three episodes that I don't really have a problem with. They just don't, they don't do they anything particularly
1: so, special. Yeah, so Solid, solid At the Buffy. same time, I feel like the good stuff, the talk with Angel, the yep. Cordelia and yep. Giles stuff, I feel like that, even though they're so individual to very but, specific moments, should elevate this a little bit above. a
0: difference between the, the great episode that is ruined by a couple of small things. Yes. And the... Just, just flat out shaky, you know. That is the shaky episode that is right. redeemed by some by a
1: couple things. of helium balloons attached in right. various parts right. of the structure. <laughs> How um, high can they raise it? E- exactly.
0: Um, um, I I just can't really, in good conscience, put this much higher than than that kind of area. Yeah. I think you know let, we've been treating the uh, the pilot yeah as almost a breaking point between like the Buffy we like and yeah. the Buffy we're, we're really not so mm-hmm. hot on. And I think in aggregate, this has to go into the latter category. It has to go in the bottom third of the list.
1: So it has to be be below the pilot.
0: I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I think that kind of puppet show nightmares, witch kind of space. Okay,
1: so is it better than witch? Well, the good stuff is. The good stuff is better than witch. <laughs>
0: um,. I'm not sure that it is, honestly. I'm not sure that it is.
1: I think it is. I think the good stuff is better than which. Yeah? I think that, and it's not even necessarily like, taken, it's, in its it's context, bad, taken in its own context, taken in all of season one, which is a very high rating episode. Yes. Um, but given what, what we have though, because of Witch season is, three, right, which characters, is, yeah.
0: Which is a typical episode. It, it does its yeah. thing. It's a monster of the week. We go through it. It's fine. It's done. It doesn't do anything particularly great, but it also doesn't do anything terrible.
1: Well, my expectations at that point also weren't as high as they are now. So does Gingerbread suffer because my expectations are so much higher?
0: No, I don't think so. I think okay. you, you'll you'll interpret that as we go anyway. I mean, there's always going to be a consequence. There's always going to be a bias toward what you've seen most recently. You know,
1: True. Um, True.
0: I, I feel that that kind of area is, is good. Do you have a particularly strong feeling about where it should go?
1: I feel like it it should be higher <laughs> than Nightmares of the Puppet Show.
0: So you're thinking I right think under the pilot?
1: I because okay, structurally, I think it holds up pretty well. It escalates everything nicely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's put together well. It's an interesting really first act. It's an interesting yeah. monster of the week. I like this idea of All the right. the two kids. I think that there's really good stuff going in there. I think that it suffers a lot by the neighborhood that it's in. I think that it is the worst house in a really good neighborhood. And, you know, and. You mean
0: given the string of recent episodes and given, the episodes that we'll see yeah, in the next given few
1: weeks, what's, what Yeah, given what season three is, yeah. it's a low point for season three, but I don't think that it's. Um, I think that it has a lot more going for it. It's just that our expectations are so much higher based on the neighborhood that it's in. All right. So, Let's
0: put it in right under the pilot with I will a little do that. asterisk mm-hmm. saying this contains some of the best stuff in the series this
1: this contains some really some great moments yeah. there's really great moments and there's great Jane work there I mean yeah. Jane does the- amazing her, her sense of humor is so great I laughed a lot in this episode and enjoyed enjoyed those parts of it I think it's when you're trying to like make it fit in the broader span of right. Buffy it tends to fall down the most when I
0: think of episodes like Gingerbread mm-hmm. one springs immediately to mind and it's an episode that we're not going to watch for a long time I'm yeah. not going to spoil any details about that episode but but for your benefit, my dear, and for the benefit of, of listeners who have already been once yes. through the series, for me, this episode feels just like Double Meat Palace.
1: I was just, I knew that's exactly yeah. where you were going. And that's also another Jane episode. So yeah. we'll talk about that when we get to season six. But yeah, uh, for those of you who know season six, you're going to be saying, all right. And for those of you who don't, don't worry about it. We'll yeah. get there when we get there. And I'm generally yeah. a
0: defender of Double Meat Palace. Mm-hmm. You know, um, th- um, that I'm is... interested
1: to see when we get yeah. there. Because yeah. it's never been one of my favorites. But when we get there, I want to... Look at it from a but different perspective. it feels perspective. like it, yeah. it's
0: another episode that could yeah. just... Barely scrape into being defined as a Buffy the Vampire Slayer episode. It
1: feels it feels a little bit out of the world. Yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, let's okay. wrap this
0: thing up. That was a really fun discussion. That was a, a fun really discussion. Controversial show. Dear yeah. listener, if you have thoughts on gingerbread, and I know you do, I know that you all do, by putting it where we put it on our list, yeah. we have satisfied no one. Let exactly. Me
1: that right off the <laughs> we bat. We will get yelled at by everyone. Absolutely.
0: So get in touch and let us know how we have made you unhappy this week, dear listener. You can email us but guest at StoryWonk.com. You can find us on Twitter at StoryWonk. You can use the hashtag on Twitter, by the way, hashtag WBITG for we begin in the graveyard. Yeah. We don't use that as faithfully as perhaps we ought. A
1: lot of people use hashtag dusted, but yeah. it's like so many other people use hashtag dusted <laughs> that we probably should have just had it be hashtag SW dusted or something like that so that we that's could That's true, that's true. We could put, but but we looking back at it, we formalize it. WBITG. It's hashtag WBITG will make sure that we see it and that everybody who looks at that knows yeah. that it's really So if you guys want to start using that hashtag, that would be awesome, because otherwise I have to go through a bunch of really weird (laughs) hashtag dusted uh, things to find you talking about us. Or if you
0: want a little more space, a little more time, and that warmth that comes from a sense of loving and embracing community, (laughs) you can stop by the StoryWonk forum at forum.storywonk.com. They are just the smartest people on the entire internet having the best conversations about the books, the TV shows, and the movies that we love it's a fun place. Yeah, it I is. can't recommend it highly enough. We're going to have just the briefest of spoiler sections right after the music, and we will be back next week on Dusted with Helpless. Oh, yeah. really? Great episode you want to talk about some of that crunchy philosophical stuff <laughs> helpless is where you find it we're going to talk a lot about exceptionalism next yes week. It's we going are to be a fun time guys thank you so much for joining us thank you for sticking with us through this ramshackle episode I think this is an entirely appropriate episode mm-hmm. for gingerbread we've so. gone back and forth a lot we haven't accomplished a great deal it seems appropriate right
1: <laughs> seems about right but we were <laughs> incredibly charming in moment to moment, moment yes <laughs>
0: <laughs> we absolutely were and we're left with the quasi canonical episode of dust yes. I think it's the perfect encapsulation of this episode in general guys thank you So much. Stay tuned for Spoilers After the Music. Until next week,
1: I'm Alistair Stevens. And I'm Lonnie Diane Rich, and this is Dusted.
0: So, we mentioned it in the main body of the show, but I am sad to say that this is our only encounter with Sheila Rosenberg.
1: I know. I mean, aside from the crazy. That we had, the, the blanket crazy, and the, the weird, negligent kind of uh, flavor that we gave to her character. I mean, I really love the distant intellectual parents. I wanted yeah. to see that for for Willow, parents who are, you know, loving and, and not neglectful, but, you know, a little bit distant, a little bit, you know, uh, yeah. intellectual and in pursuits. tone her down and, yeah. by, by 15 to 20 percent. But I want more of that, you know, patriarchal oh. bias and Mr. Rogers kind of stuff. <laughs> I mean, I, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Uh,
0: No, I, I enjoyed it too. I'm not sure really that Buffy as a show has space for another mother daughter relationship
1: I don't think so either uh, yeah but
0: it would have been great to have liked her. to have Sheila show up yeah. you know from time to time very one of those once or twice a season characters who just or every shows up now and up again she's, she's yeah.
1: having tea with yeah. Joyce you know or something like that when they come home yeah exactly yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah no
0: that's that's one moment that we didn't actually address but that, that beat yeah. <laughs> where they're talking about burning their daughters and, yes we should stay there. we should get lunch and,
1: and, exactly I like that I like well, that I sense Joyce of having a having a yeah. social life and having friends and why not why shouldn't it be Willow's mom? Absolutely. You know, but yeah. we're
0: not going to get any more. No, of we won't. Sheila. That is that. We
1: hardly knew ye. And we're
0: not going to get any more Amy for a good long for time. A while, either. Amy
1: is going to be a rat now, for a you really long time. Hinted
0: in the main show. Yeah, that this is not a storyline that you're very fond of.
1: No, this isn't quite uh, kitten poker, which is something that we get in in season six. <laughs> in season six, we get a much more of this kind of. Bizarre breaking of the world for a singular joke. Yeah. Um, and, and for those of you who've seen season six, if you're listening to the spoiler and you haven't, well, then, you know, this is your own problem. But, um, but when Spike does the kitten poker with all the demons and they're, they, they eat kittens and that's kind of what they do. And it's just Mm -hmm. this, it's this weird joke that doesn't really fit, doesn't sit within the world. It becomes absurdist Buffy instead of Buffy that is metaphorical. You know, I mean, obviously Buffy is not a documentary it's not real life but the the demons and the monsters and everything serve a strong metaphorical or philosophical oh, yeah. underpinning of, of regular life they, they reflect back on what life is really like then we get these things like Amy's a rat for three years um, and that becomes the joke and when she wakes up she wants cheese and well okay
0: let's kind of try to disambiguate between the Amy is a rat storyline and the circumstances under which Amy returns. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. Amy as a rat, I don't have a huge problem with. I'm right. actually quite a fan. We get, uh, for, for those of you keeping track at home, we get one beat of her in season four in Something Blue. Yeah. When Willow, supercharged on magic, very casually turns her back into a girl.
1: For a second, for like yes. A second.
0: I like that yeah. beat a mm-hmm. great deal because that is a nod to long-term Buffy fans. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is some strong, strong stuff. When she comes back in season six, when she reappears in Smashed, yeah. she is part of what is generally regarded, I think, as the worst arc in as Buffy's history. As one of history. the
1: really, really and bad And she's a stories. functional
0: part of that. Yeah. I think she suffers by being a part of that story.
1: No that story isn't good Amy as a rat also just doesn't it, it just feels doesn't it feels wrong for me cuz it doesn't it doesn't have that kind of uh real psychological or philosophical or metaphorical resonance that I think we find Best suits Buffy. The same well, way that fair. Kitten Poker doesn't yeah. have that. And no, yeah. know, it's
0: appropriate that you should bring up Kitten Poker yeah. in the episode where we're talking about the breaking of the fictional frame. You right. Know, uh, something that, that will it will will be impossible to reconcile with the rest of Buffy. Yeah. You know, you kind of have to just declare it You just it have to
1: whisp- whistle past it. Because and otherwise yeah. it makes... And it, Amy it as a rat is not awesome. as bad. It's oh, not no, as egregious like anywhere yeah. near as kitten poker, yeah. but it's the same continuum for me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for me, like Amy as a rat, uh, you know, and I didn't like Buffy being turned into a rat either in, uh, in Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered yeah. when Amy uh, did that to Buffy. Um, the, the reference back, you know, the consistency within the world that, that Amy has this one spell that she does really well, the whole let's turn into a rat thing. Um, Yeah,
0: though, I mean, even thematically in this episode, it complicates matters because she really is kind of... She, she is an actual witch she's not dabbling yeah. the way that willow is dabbling. exactly she certainly doesn't have the same kind of moral compass mm-hmm. that willow has at this point um it seems
1: to me like yeah. she should have something else she can do like perhaps if she can turn herself into a rat can she turn the books into water perhaps that would be a better flames? thing yes. can she extinguish flames that might have been a better <laughs> no, way to do we need it. Cordelia
0: yeah. and a fire hose for exactly that. give me a spell in place so, of Cordelia and a fire hose
1: yeah for me it feels it's just never quite sat right it's not as egregious as kitten poker it doesn't do to me it doesn't incense me the way the kitten poker does um, but it's kind of on that scene wait to
0: get to that just for the discussion that we're going
1: but to i have. love that episode too yeah. i love the yeah. i love life cereal i love that episode i yeah. hate the kitten poker um, so there are certain things like that that we find happening more often toward the end of Trying the series to put
0: That on the list is going to be tough
1: oh not for me but we'll get there when we get there i like i like life cereal um, well next
0: week we're going to come back to talk about helpless we're going to see wow wow another tonal shift
1: Oh, Helpless is really going to put us into, into a different into a very uh, place in deep Buffy. Space, yeah. It is
0: a great episode. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I've
1: always loved Helpless, yeah. It really is
0: a great string of episodes interrupted mm-hmm. only by Gingerbread.
1: Yeah, and again, you know, Worst House in a Great Neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I think, yeah. I think it suffers some for that as well. Um, well...
0: Yeah, in part, though, I can't help but feel that it would be even more destructive. I, I would look on mm-hmm. it even less fondly if it had happened in season two, if it had happened earlier in the run, because yeah. we it's its only the momentum yeah. you know, and the depth of our understanding of Sunnydale that prevents this episode from actually breaking the fictional world.
1: Very true. Very true. Um, so yeah, yeah,
0: it's a problematic one, but we love yeah, Jane.
1: I love Jane. Yeah. And what's Jane good about of Jane, of course, is
0: great in this yeah, episode. And she
1: brings thing. her essential Janeness yeah. to this episode. It's not like this episode is all bad. I think it's a it, moment to moment it has that same charm that same you know confidence and swagger it's when we get to this like bigger space where you look at it in context of everything else in the show yeah. um, and what the show does best you know that it, it kind of falters
0: yeah because what the show does best is yeah. the scene in the playground what yeah. the show does best are those moments of connection those moments of actual you know where the monster of the philosophy week applied.
1: illuminates our human yeah. stories that's what i love best couldn't agree yeah. more mm-hmm.
0: couldn't agree more that's it for this week you guys will be back next week with helpless until then thanks so much for listening we'll see you later
1: all right i think that was a good